Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy. Welcome back to Energy Analyst Talk. In the first episode of 2021, we'll take a look at Russian crude markets. Joining me to discuss is Andrew Reed, ESAI's Russian crude analyst. Andrew, welcome back and Happy New Year. Uh, thank you, Jake. It's great to be back at the desk and watching the oil market and what Russia and all the other big players are up to. And we're excited to have you back. Now, on that note, as Russia looks to gradually increase its oil production in 2021, we pause to look at some noteworthy changes in Russian market share. Since Russia exports lots of crude to both Europe and Asia, the dynamics of Russia's interaction with the global market is quite complex. We'll start by highlighting key developments during phase one of the OPEC Plus deal and what to expect in 2021. Well, for starters, Jake, under the OPEC Plus phase one deal, Russian exports, of course, really uh, fell sharply. Before April 2020, Russia was exporting about 5.3 million barrels a day of crude. Since then, they've been exporting 4.3 million barrels a day. So got about a million barrel a day decrease. And uh, of course, that's going to affect the waterborne flows more than the, the pipeline flows, which is relatively stable. So if, you know, 2 million barrels a day was flowing out of Russia by pipeline, that number really hasn't changed much. It's that remaining 3.3 million barrels a day of seaborne exports that's changed the most. So you had a million barrel a day decrease in the amount of crude leaving Russia by a tanker. So how did that impact market share in Europe and Asia? Well, it had a pretty straightforward picture uh, prior to the deal. You had a little over 1.6 million barrels a day uh, going to the European and other Atlantic Basin markets and about the same amount going to Asian markets. And of course, in the case of Russia, they're exporting a lot of crude from European ports like uh, in the Black Sea, in the Baltic Sea. It was the amount of crude leaving European ports that fell the hardest, and it was also the amount of crude reaching Europe and Atlanta Basin markets that fell the most. So the amount of that crude staying in Europe and other Atlantic Basin markets was really uh, roughly half to a little over 800,000 barrels per day. The flow to Asian markets really held up well, uh, maybe from a little over 1.6 million barrels a day before phase one to you know 1.5 in the second quarter, 1.3 million barrels a day. Uh, in the second half of the year, pretty small decrease compared to what happened in Europe. And how is Russia able to maintain market share in Asia? Well, the simple answer is by sustaining exports to China. China has been taking a lot of crude by pipeline, although that number didn't change. Uh, China has been taking the lion's share of Espo blend exports out of Cosmino. And China's also been taking a lot of crude diverted from Europe, and there are a couple of reasons for that. Of course, uh, China was a bit of an outlier in, in that its uh, crude demand actually grew in 2020, which is certainly at odds with most of the rest of the market. Um, they also did some stock building, and, and that helped from the demand side. But you know, in the past couple of years, due to sanctions that backed Iranian crude out of China, uh, Russia really had an opportunity to grow its uh, deliveries to China. The Russian crude is similar in quality. So, you know, China, now those sanctions took about 600,000 barrels a day of running crude out of the Chinese market. And Russia was able to replace almost half of them. So uh, it was really uh, about 
maintaining market share in China. In fact, uh, interesting fact from uh, this past year, lately 40% of the crude Russia exports is going to China. So that's, uh, talk about the Asia pivot really changing things up for Russia's market share. So with oil demand recovering and Russia gradually increasing exports, where will Russia's market share grow in the new year? Well, that's an interesting question. There's a few moving parts. Of course, Russia really targets China and the Asian market, but uh, there's one uh, potential threat, and, and that is with Iran, with the change in administrations, you know, there's an outside chance of sanctions on Iran being eased, and were Iran to put some more barrels into the market, that could uh, roll back some of the gains Russia made in China's market share. Now, we don't expect that to happen in 2021, certainly not on a large scale, but it's something to watch. And more generally, you know, I think Russia's had some easy growth in China. And I think going forward, it's going to be difficult for them to maintain and grow market share. So I don't think it's automatic that those additional barrels coming onto the market will go right to Asia. So what's the alternative? Well, I think for once, uh, things are looking good uh, for growth in Europe. If Russia cut the most in Europe, uh, I think in 2021, you've got some refinery throughput in, in Europe coming back. And that'll, uh, of course, cause Europe to look for some additional imports. Uh, you also have constraints in North Sea production. So there's at least some easy growth for Russia in Europe this year, as opposed to it being in, in China in the past year or two. It sounds like it could be a combination of both Asia and Europe. For sure. And there are moving variables in both markets. I think the, the one piece is, you know, your Libyan and Iranian barrels. And then, of course, it's OPEC production policy. For now, uh, the Saudis have handed Russia and others a gift by cutting production. But this is a constantly evolving market. Uh, production policy is being remade on a monthly basis. So the pieces are going to keep moving. And since Russia has a foot in both markets, it's a pretty complex game for them. But clearly, market share is on their minds. Well, as those pieces continue to move, we'll keep a close eye on the market recovery and production policy. As always, thank you for taking the time to talk things through with us. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.